And today, today we're going to be continuing with um, Colossians chapter 2. And if you missed, um, I, I don't know when it came out, maybe Wednesday, possibly Wednesday, um, um, go back and listen to it. Go back and listen to it. It was awesome. And, and today, you know, we continue. And these are two of my... These are two, and let me see, one, 16, three. these are three of my favorite verses. I mean, they're Good. powerful verses. This is the gospel. And so Pastor Lori's going to read them to you as we dive right back, right in. All right, verse 14, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. Amen. That's good stuff, right? How many times, you know what? Going back in the day, we would read that over, boy, you're beautiful. We would read that over and over again. And it's like, okay, what did it mean? What does it mean? It means so it had much. Had some good words in there. It does. Powers. Yeah. And... Okay. I'm gonna look at one you didn't mention right now. Okay. Look at verse 14. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that were against us. Blotting them out. That which which were contrary to us. Took it out of the way. Out of the way. Out of the way. Out of the way. Nailing it to the cross. So, I used to read that all the time. And I didn't really understand the significance of it. I hope I can do the Apostle Paul justice right now. As the Holy Spirit uses my lips to let you know how powerful this is. First of all, let's look at that word blotting. Mm -hmm. Blotting. Blotting. Do you know that word blotting? It means exolifo. Exolifo, exolifo, and it means to obliterate. See, now I would not have thought so, that. So here, listen. That's to, a much better word. Obliterate. So here's Paul. Jesus Christ obliterated. Obliterated. Obliterated the handwriting of ordinances that were against us. See, blotting to me is just, you know, blotting. No, because then there's a stain still there. Yeah, you're just no. blotting. No, see, there's two words, obl- obliterating, right, and out of the way. Oh, that one's much better. Obliterated. So he obliterated, Jesus obliterated the handwriting of ordinances that were against us, hmm. which were contrary to us. Took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. What do you think he was talking about? Handwriting of ordinances that were against us, that were contrary to us. Our sins. The law. Oh, the law. The law. He took the law, which was against us, which was contrary to us. This is why it says in Hebrews chapter 10, lo and behold, it is written in the volume of the book, I've come to do your will. And that, was to do away with this covenant and bring in the new. Why? Because it was against you. Because it was contrary to you. I came to remove it. It had a fault. 
We were the fault. We couldn't keep it, and God knew it. And it says also in Hebrews chapter 8 and in Hebrews chapter 10, God did not want this system. God did not take pleasure in it. He did not take pleasure in the do-it-yourself system of the law. Mm. It was against us. The Israelites asked for it. Mm. And now we still try to live in it, live in a system that was against us, that was contrary, that we could not keep, that had fault. No. And guess what? Jesus Christ obliterated it, mm. canceled it out, Done. took it out of the way. There are no, there are no anymore, there, any, there aren't anymore any, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. The law gives strength to sin. That's what Paul teaches in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I believe it's, it's verse 56. I'm not sure, but it's, if it's not verse 56, it's verse 55 or verse 57. Death wears your victory, grave wears your sting, or grave wears your victory, death wears your, your sting. The sting of death is the law and the strength of, wait, the sting, the sting of, wait, the strength of, of, wait, the strength of, how does that go again? You know what? Let's, let's go there real quick. First Corinthians chapter 15, because Pastor Lenny don't want to get this wrong. It is too important. Second Corinthians chapter 15, and I believe it's verse 56. Let's get there real quick. Um, here it is. Read it, Pastor Lori. Verse 56. The, the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. Wow. Wow. The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. Wow. The law gives strength to sin. So, so Jesus Christ, we read it in the verses before, right? How, how the harmathia, that part of us, that nature, that gave strength to sin, power was removed. And not only was that removed, but the ordinances... The ordinances, the commands, they give strength to sin. And he removed them. Yeah, that's what it says even in the next verse. But he obliterated God, them. He obliterated them. Give us the victory. Amen. He Jesus. obliterated them. You see, you don't wow. need the law. You're led by the Spirit. And you have the power of grace working in your life. And this, many people have said, you know, Pastor, you need to talk about sin more. No, I don't. I need to keep talking about grace. Amen. Grace, the power of grace. Romans chapter 6, verse 14, Paul says, Sin, you have no more dominion over me. Why? I'm not under the law anymore. In fact, it was obliterated. In fact, it was removed. In fact, it was canceled. Sin has no more dominion over me. The, the, the strength of sin was in the law. Sin has no more dominion over me. Why? Because I am not under the law. I am under, I live under grace. And grace is Jesus Christ. Mm. And I live in his embodiment, 
in his, as we read about it in previous verses, in his completeness. I live in his power, in his leading, in his guiding. I don't need the law anymore. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Well, it angers Pastor Lenny. We also read in verses before about the rudiments of this world, traditions of man, teachings of man. They still try to put us under a law. Whenever you hear the words, you need to, you must, you have to, you now have an obligation, you now have, okay, certain things that you need to do, and they put us back into a performance-based system that only produces guilt, shame, and condemnation. And this is why we teach If you're listening to a message and it doesn't reinforce the fact that you are, you can, and you have, click, it's off. It's not the gospel of grace. This is not an assistance covenant. Jesus with our assistance Mm -hmm. equals everything. No, this is Jesus equals everything. This is a covenant that was forged in the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus by the Father, by the Son, and by the Father. He's completed. He has finished. He has met every requirement. There are no more requirements to be met. Now, we enter into that covenant by believing in faith in Jesus Christ. And as we do, we are fully qualified, fully qualified by the Father, fully made holy, fully made righteous, fully made complete. And you know what? As Jesus is, so am I. As Jesus is, so is Pastor Lori. That's the only way I am going going to address her. That's the only way I'm going to address myself. That's the only way I'm going to address you. You are a believer. You have the faith of God. Mm -hmm. You have the authority of God. You are a believer. You you have authority. You, you, You have the very nature and character of God. Okay? I'm not going to... I don't even want to say it now, you know. You need to believe. What am I telling you? You're not a believer. What am I telling you? I'm putting a law in front of you. You need to. Thou shalt. No, you're a believer. You're a believer. You know, I'm not going to say, you, you, need, you need more faith. No, no. You have the faith of Jesus Christ living in you. You're, you are a faith being. You are a believing being. You are. You are. You are. You can, you are, and you have. I will never address you in any other way. And when we are addressed in the way that, well, you need to work on your belief, or you need to believe, or you need to have faith, or you need to work on your faith. No. You're telling. You, you, they're telling you, you. You know, you're listening to someone tell you you're not. Paul is saying you are complete. Complete. You are complete. You're in him. If any man be in Christ, you're complete. So don't listen to somebody tell you you're not complete. You're not complete. Listen, you look and you say, well, you know what? There's still part of my unrenewed mind that sometimes causes unbelief. Then you know what the only thing is you're supposed to do? You're not supposed to speak. Well, I have unbelief. I'm I'm an unbelief. No. What you're supposed to do is Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Boldly go to the throne of grace where you're not going to get a slap on your hand or a slap on your wrist or the belt to your behind. 
You know, you need to, you have to, you must. No, you're going to obtain mercy. Mercy, mercy. What's God's mercy? You're always going to get what you don't deserve. You're always going to get what you, what you don't deserve. You know what that, that really means? Because Father thought, Father thought full well that we were deser- des- deserving of the love of Christ, of the sacrifice, right, of, of the offering. That's why he gave his son. Because in the Father's eyes, the Father's views and opinion, right, we were so, lo- so loved. And his view and opinion of us was so high, okay? So to, so to think that mercy, right, is, is getting what we don't deserve, that's not really what it's meaning. That's not really, you know, when it says when you come and mercy is getting what you don't deserve, it means you're not going to get what you deserve according to what man teaches you because of your faulty believing and your faulty faith and your faulty this and your faulty that. This is the throne of mercy where you're always going to get what you're always going to get, what you don't deserve, right? What they're telling you you don't deserve, okay? Not what God is telling you what you don't deserve because, because God is telling you you are deserving. And so what you're going to get, right, is grace, grace in your time of need. That's what you're always going to get. So this is God. This is God. You know, if you, you we just cry out. We just cry out like that father whose son right, had the demonic spirit, and, and he cried out to Jesus. He said, yes, I believe, Lord, but help my unbelief, okay? That's all you do. So that's all you do. Don't let anybody tell you you must, you have to, you need to, all right? If you recognize in your soul, in the unrenewed part, portion of your soul, that there is a, there's a challenge with the belief, you still keep telling yourself you are a believer, you are a believer, you are a believer, you believe, and go to the throne of grace, where you will obtain mercy and you will find grace. And what did Jesus do to that son, to that father? He healed him. Grace was the belief. Grace will be your belief. That's it. But don't ever question, don't ever question, well, I must not be believing. I must not be a believer. You are, period. You possess, period. You know, and then even when they say, or when it's told you, well, it's been given it's, it's, now you just have to receive. Let me, let me tell you, let me fill you in on something. You've already received it. You've already received it. We have to watch how we, we think. We have to watch how we speak. Because when you became born again, Jesus Christ and all that he is and all that he has and his whole character and all his power, everything pertaining to life and godliness, all the blessings in spiritual places in Christ in the heavenlies were placed in you. So when you received Jesus? Have you received Christ? Yes? Then you've received everything. You have received it. Now you see our understanding has to grow. We have to change the way or we have to allow the Holy Spirit because this is not a work. The more you come to the word of God, the more you come to the mirror and see the true Jesus, you see the true self, you see your true self, then the Holy Spirit will bring about that change. That's what happens. That's what takes place. And you start, you start speaking the truth. I am a believer. Right. I have received it. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, at born again, I received that. So that same spirit that, that raised Christ from, from the position he was on that tomb with, with the grave cloth holding him together, we've talked about this, and raised him to newness, that's in me. I've received that when I received Christ. So what's it going to be doing? 
It's going to be doing the same thing in my body. No standing. No authority. No. It just. Do you understand? Jesus was in a position on that tomb where he couldn't use authority. That's true. Right? Mm -hmm. He couldn't. He couldn't stand on the word. Mm -hmm. Right? He stood on the word. Right. He said, Lord, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Right? And now, we just learned about this the other day. The operation of God. The operation of God operating in him. The power of the spirit, when it was placed in him, the operation of God was put back in him. Boom! It revived and, re and restored his body. Mm -hmm. So that's what took place at born again. At born again, the operation of God, boom, was put inside you. Power. That's it. Mm -hmm. And so now as we op op un understand and become illuminated and, and to the revelation that we learned last, last session, right? With Christ, united with Christ, then that operation of God that operated in Christ simply operates in us. Oh, boy. I'm getting myself excited. <laughs> Holy mackerel. I've already gone to 17 minutes. Handwriting. Ordinances, right? These are ceremonial laws, civil laws. This is talking about the law, all right? He canceled it. He brought it out of our, took it out of our way. It was contrary to us. It was an opponent. And whenever legalism or mixture is used, they're throwing up an opponent back into your face, mm. back in front of you. They're putting an opponent back into you, like a prize fighter, like a fighter, right? Now you're giving them an opponent. And many of us are beat by that opponent, mm. beat by guilt, shame, and condemnation. He removed it. He took it out. He removed it out of the way. We're, we're going a little bit too long, so I think that's enough right now. That's enough right now. We're, we're, we're going to conclude Thoughts on Colossians chapter 2, you know, the next time we get together and the next time we meet. And I want to, again, thank you for all you do for us. Those of you who support this ministry, those of you who are one-time one time support, you know, have given us one-time support through gifts or, or and, and to those of you who are our month, monthly partners, we say thank you. And I just put on, up on the screen, you know, for those of you who are looking how to give, you know, because you have the spirit of giving within you, and this is how God takes care of the ministry, I put it up on the screen. Simple. There's a text, a text phone number, text to give phone number, 845-250-6507. Or you can visit our, our, our website, newlifeministrymhv.org. And, and, and we thank you already in advance. Pastor Laura, you got any closing words? You got anything to say about this message? Remember you are... Complete. Amen. Complete. Done. Amen. All the power's in you. It's done. It's done. It's done. So are you ready to receive it? I've already received it. Ah! Amen. <laughs> when done. you became born again and received... Remember, they asked that question. Have you received Christ? Then that means... It's done. You've received everything. everything. Complete. We love you. We'll see you again in a couple of days.